delaying the clamping of the cord was actually in my birth plan. And the reason I wanted to do that was because I read an article in the Journal of Pediatrics of the benefits of delaying the cord clamping by just five minutes. And delaying it by five minutes only causes a flood of iron-rich blood from the placenta that boosts myelin levels. They, myelin creates an insulating layer that forms around the nerves of the spine and the brain. So it's super beneficial to baby. And I was really attracted to this idea because for me, whatever I could do to help baby benefit from the beginning, um, yeah. that's what I that's what I wanted to do. So we did wait five minutes uh, before her cord was clamped. مرحبا أنا كارين أبو جودة أنا سارة رسلان وأنا ميس عمران Welcome to Al-Umuma Real talk guys We'll be taking you through all the stages of pregnancy and motherhood and diving into the stuff no one talks about From fears and anxieties, sex drive to social stigmas We will be sharing our personal experiences with you and of course welcome various special guests to share their journeys and learnings too And most importantly, hear from you, mamas. This is your podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram where we'll be taking all your awesome questions. Don't shy away, mamas, or even papas. All sorts of questions are welcome. Just remember, folks, we are not medical professionals. We are mamas sharing our experiences with you. All thoughts and opinions expressed are our own. Welcome to the third trimester, ladies. You're almost at the finish line and about to meet your baby. The third trimester can be both exciting and exhausting. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about changes in mama, developments in baby, your birth plan, and start thinking about getting your hospital bag ready. Ooh, hospital bag. I'm week 30. When do you get your hospital bag ready? We'll tell you soon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nervous now. <laughs> so there is still a lot going on with mama. What's going on inside mama's body? Sada, the third trimester, does it feel like yesterday to you? No. <laughs> it feels like a decade ago. It hasn't even been a full year, has yeah. it? Just no. about. Yeah. So much has happened since then. Absolutely. Ten months, I yeah. and yeah. And little Chloe, right? What what I remember from third trimester, because Mace has triggered this memory for me, is the restlessness and the nesting phase. <gasps> oh my god. Mace is like in super prepare I'm mode, bold. wanting to organize everything, preparing. I have my in-laws here, Karen. They're losing their mind. I made them do the snooze pod. <laughs> you made them put it together i made them put so much furniture together but you know <laughs> this is a totally normal experience a totally normal part of the process especially as you near the end of your pregnancy most women feel the need to nest and have everything ready and they start building things putting things together putting the clothes away so that's one thing that's happening with mama but there are a lot of physical things a lot of physical changes that still occur and some of them can be strange and some of them normal yeah mace had a pang the <laughs> the other day in her in her vagina 
<laughs> called Lightning Crotch, and that gave both Karen and I flashbacks. Oh my god, it's so I jumped out of my seat. <laughs> it literally feels like a sharp pain in in your vagina. It's such an awkward kind of pain, and, and you comes, jump out of yeah. your seat sometimes. It comes and goes randomly, yeah. just sneaks on you. Mm. How's, like, how's your heartburn and indigestion going? <laughs> I like to convince myself. I read this, uh, this thing online. I'm not even sure if it's, it's true. But um, the, the more severe and the more common your heartburns are, the more hair your baby will have on their hands. <laughs> this is another old wives' tale, actually. Is it? Yeah. They, I know my mom used to say, and your baby has a full head of hair. Really? Did yeah. you have hara? No, none. My oh. baby was born with a full head of hair. Oh, I didn't. You didn't have any heartburns? I didn't have any heartburn. I actually did. <laughs> I am. You am. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I'm, I completely forgot. I was about to say I didn't have heartburn, but, but I you did. did. <laughs> I had so much heartburn. I couldn't sleep at night and I used to smack my husband to wake him up and suffer with me through the <laughs> night. Was Aya born with a full head of hair? She was not. She was born bald. (laughs) So it is an old wives' tale somewhat. We'll only know in two months' time. (laughs) Well, looking at your hair, (laughs) maybe. And Mazin's hair. And Mazin's, yeah. I should do my shadow. (laughs) (laughs) But I remember in my third trimester just getting heavier. Because you put on a, a decent amount of weight, actually. Um... So one thing that I did feel was back pain because I felt like I was carrying so much, my hips, my back. Um, That was another physical change that I felt that I hadn't felt before. Hmm. I'm getting those those, uh, pinches on the left side of my back, Uh, like the nerves are compressed. And sometimes I find myself almost like uh, not able to walk. I don't know if you had the same severe pain. And I'm still teaching yoga, by the way. And when my students come, I'm so nervous with the moves that I need to do. So I ended up guiding them more than demonstrating now. And uh, they seem to be okay with it. Why not? <laughs> Something that I didn't know about that my uh, my gynecologist talked to me about was preeclampsia. Did you guys ever hear about this? Preeclampsia? Mm-hmm. La. So it is... It's a condition where, although you may feel perfectly fine and, and nothing is wrong, your blood pressure actually like drastically changes. It drastically increases, so it's quite high. So if you recall your doctor's visits in your third trimester, they constantly took your blood pressure to monitor for preeclampsia because um, it could affect your kidney and liver function and cause clotting issues. Um, so that is something to keep in mind and to keep... Uh, checking when you go to your when you go for your uh, visits another thing to keep in mind is peeing yourself (laughs) (laughs) mace has become a professional at peeing herself regardless of what trimester we discuss she's using pregnancy as an excuse to just let it go let it go let it go i peed quite a lot (laughs) but it's normal baby gets lower right baby is descending pushing on the bladder so there's a lot more pressure there that's what i tell myself (laughs) sarah i remember when i think we were both exchanging (laughs) stories in our third trimester and we were sort of like 
um, so how is it going for you? Oh yeah, it's still, it's good. Yeah. So I laughed really hard and I kind of peed through my pants. <laughs> <gasps> through your pants fully? I, I peed through my pants, <gasps> not fully, um, but enough to visibly see through my jeans. <laughs> I had to change immediately. You just kept, you should have just kept going. <laughs> I couldn't. I was seeing friends. Screw it. <laughs> you were at someone else's house? I was out walking around in London with my husband's friends. So I was like, I need to go home right now. He's like, why? I'm like, I just beat myself. He's like, guys, my mom is making um, a da. I forgot to cancel dinner. <laughs> and we just left. I sneezed and pissed myself. Yeah, this, oh. this is another thing. I don't think you even have to sneeze. I did nothing and peed myself. <laughs> I was meeting my husband and his whole family for dinner. And I got downstairs. And as I was reaching the bottom... I just felt pee trickling down my leg and I was wearing a dress and for some reason, no underwear at that time. <laughs> Damn. Wear underwear and Wear panty underwear liner. and panty liners, ladies. Yeah, so I had <laughs> and to, diapers too. <laughs> as, soon, as soon as I got to the bottom of the stairs, they're like, oh, she's finally here. Let's go. And I just looked at everyone and turned right back around and went upstairs to... But, yeah. So it's um, okay to pee yourself. Don't you know, worry, ladies. One thing that came with that for me... Um, so as baby descends, there's a lot of pressure there. Um, I actually had a varicose vein um, around my vagina. Oof. Yeah, it, it wasn't. It wasn't like um, you know the. Ver- it's not those spider veins that you get on your legs. It was just a vein that was bulgy, mm-hmm. and my OBGYN assured me that you know, it will go away after you give birth. This is something totally normal. There's just a lot of pressure in that area. So did it hurt? No, not at all. It just looked like, um, right near passing by the, over the clitoris and around it. It was just, it looked like a vein that had been inflamed. It was just, it was very soft. It just looked like air was in there. It How didn't did you hurt. even see your vagina? I can't see anything <laughs> down there anymore. I actually, I when I was washing myself in the shower, I felt something different. Oh. And I looked in the mirror because I also couldn't see my vagina at that so point. So that's a good tip. Ladies, make sure to feel yourself in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy your last trimester. <laughs> to check for any ab- ab- abnormalities, of course. <laughs> so a couple more things that happen uh, to mama during the third trimester mace i can already hear you breathing heavy yeah um, i I, un- I i put down my pants yeah. <laughs> so because baby is moving further down um, they start pressing onto uh, the diaphragm which creates shortness of breath yeah i find that i find that happen quite often no matter what i'm doing even if i'm just sitting down here with you i'm Running out of breath. <laughs> and you find yourself not able to take as deep breaths as you used to before. So I'm constantly yawning. Mm. I'm trying to yawn so I can expand the lungs to take those deep breaths that I can't take anymore. Have you ever heard of pregnancy brain or placenta brain? Well, I hope it's... Uh, yes, I, I heard of, of pregnancy brain and I hope it's a real thing because uh, I was walking the dogs and I took the leash and then put the uh, leash and collars in my underwear drawer. <laughs> And then no one in the house could find the damn leash. (laughs) And I was losing my mind. And once I was putting lipstick on and went to get water, kept the lipstick in my hand and put the lipstick in the fridge. (laughs) 
what's going on? Talk to me about pregnancy brain, Karen and Sada, because <laughs> look, I'm on my third trimester. These ladies have already, you know, been there, done that. So is it is it a thing? Tell it's, me it's a thing. It's a real thing. <laughs> what's the reasoning behind it? Huh? Hormones. 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 <laughs> It does affect your memory. It affects your logic and your reasoning a little bit. So pregnancy brain, or some people call it placenta brain, does exist. <laughs> and finally, one of the most common things that is discussed is just fatigue. Feeling tired a little bit at the end of your pregnancy journey is totally normal. You're feeling a bit heavier. This is something new. And you're also just eager to meet baby, possibly. So fatigue, normal. Speaking of baby, what are the changes that baby is going through now at your third trimester? What are the major changes? Because I I go through it one week by week, so I'd love to hear if you have like a nice overview. What are the main changes that goes that goes on to little baby? A lot of changes are happening with baby. First of all, they are growing. So at around week 28, they're the size of a small puppy. And then <laughs> by the end, they are they are the size of a tiny little haruf, tiny little lamb Yummy. towards week 40. So that's about 50 centimeters. Um, something interesting is that their skin becomes less wrinkly and they start shedding the lanugo, which is the body hair that they grow that makes them kind of look like little werewolves. <laughs> so actually my daughter Chloe was born with some of the lanugo around her, like, uh, you know, the temple yeah. and around the tips of her ears, the top of her ears, she still had mm. that fuzz that didn't shed yet. So she looked like a tiny little werewolf. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> what about the organs? How are... Because I know the organs were, were also changing and uh, evolving in the second trimester. Are they still basically in the third trimester? Well, how are they doing? Do they still continue to develop or? Still, um, yeah, mostly. So by around 31 weeks, baby survival rate hits around 95%. So all of the major organs around 31 weeks are, are ready um, if you happen to deliver early. Uh, organs such as lung development so your baby's practicing breathing um, their digestive system is fully working so they might do a little wee wee inside you when does the this is a question that's been on my mind for a while when does the baby's head start to rotate what, what is it when do they start to move so their head should be positioned downwards at around 36 weeks but I remember Chloe uh, was head down at 30 weeks um, so she she turned quite early. Yeah, on that note, Karen, uh, uh, Aya also was uh, shifted downwards quite early. So basically for me, my doctor um, was concerned that I might deliver prematurely because baby had positioned uh, herself downwards um, in a way that made it seem as though uh, she wanted to come out early. And so uh, the doctor asked me to kind of reduce the amount of walking and movement just for a few mm. weeks until I hit the 36-week mark. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, actually, my gyno told me after 36 weeks, every form of activity that you like to do, because I love vigorous workouts, <laughs> said, if you can do it, do it uh, to help with the uh, 
to help bring baby on time. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, an interesting thing is that their five senses are at work. So their eyesight, their hearing, their tasting. From all, what all week? At this stage, at, at during the third trimester. So if you want to see baby move, sometimes you can shine a light <gasps> onto your tummy. Yeah, so so they can they respond to light because they can actually see through their eyelids as well. They start opening and closing their eyes. Um, at this point, they start uh, tasting the amniotic fluid, which could contribute to their first passing of urine. And they start grabbing things, so they're more active. They can even grab the umbilical cord. So you can you can stimulate baby. You can you know, nudge him to move by shining a light on your tummy. I thought that was super cool because I know I loved seeing my tummy move, especially when I was big and huge and baby was big and huge. Yeah, actually one good way to catch it on camera because I don't know about you, Karen, but every time I tried to film um, my baby moving and seeing those little kicks and nudges in my belly, as soon as I put the camera on her, she would stop. So I would put a plate and actually film the plate wobble <laughs> just to give a bit of perspective. Oh, wow. That's a good idea. I like that idea. I also put um, um, these like flat round candies on on the midst of my tummy. So like five or six going down and you see the candies moving in different in a different direction. And then I ate the candies. Oh, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> what about prenatal classes? Yes, definitely. I took prenatal classes. And the one thing that I have to say is that we forget how much we consume as mothers because we want to know what's going on inside of our bodies. But sometimes our partners aren't on the same page or aren't reading the same stuff. So when Rami and I took those prenatal classes, I found that they benefited him so much to understand what's going on with me and what to expect when giving birth, he was vigorously taking notes oh, wow. nonstop. And he was so surprised and so shocked. And I was sat next to him being like, I know I told you this a month ago, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it was a different experience for him. So I really appreciated that it benefited him a lot. What about you, Sara? Yeah, I really enjoyed taking a prenatal class. I particularly liked the segment on breastfeeding, and I also thought it was really helpful um, in preparing my birth plan. I learned all of the different ways that a baby can be delivered. Um, do I want different types of interventions? Do I want different types of painkillers? So that was really helpful. But another thing that I took that was super important, and I really highly recommend all mamas and papas to take this class, which was a first aid class for babies, at some point, I probably will do a refresher just because I think it's very important that all moms and dads out there know what to do in emergency situations if their child falls or happens to choke later on when they start introducing solids. Um, I actually didn't think of that. I, I, I'm starting my prenatal classes next week, and that's definitely something I want to, uh, I want to put on on the on the plan. But speaking of plan as well, I feel so, I'm a bit concerned about my birth plan because, you know, Sada, you even said at one point you wanted to have a natural birth and that was something that was in the books for you and something you planned and then it didn't go as planned. And 
one thing I noticed with a lot of mamas that they they tell you no matter how much you plan your birth plan, water birth, natural birth, epidural, C-section, whatever it may be, it just sometimes you need to keep in mind that it might not happen the way you're planning it to be. So I'm just thinking, do I want to plan my birth? Like, do I want to think about my birth plan? I think there are several things that you you can keep in mind. It's always nice to have a plan, but just try and be flexible. If things don't go according to plan, that's okay. But there are things like, where do you want to give birth? Are you going to stay here? Or are you going to travel? That's one thing to include in your birth plan. The next thing is the type of birth. Is it natural, water birth, C-section? Are you going to use any pain relief, epidural, gas? Are you going to use a machine or just warm heat packs? What kind of room or environment? That's something else that you can include in your right. birth plan. Do you want dim lights? Do you want music? Do you want to diffuse essential oils? Um, something that my doctor asked me that I didn't know I had a say in was, what newborn procedures are you okay with? Mm. Are you? I know in the UK, it is a requirement to give the vitamin K shot, and it is beneficial. Discuss that with your doctor. And in some hospitals, they give them eye drops, Um, to help lubricate the eyes and remove the stickiness? Um, Do you want to breastfeed as soon as you give birth? Um, There are a lot of other things, Sada. I'm sure you remember um, what you wanted in your birth plan too. Yeah. I I mean, so so just continuing on that, the direct skin-to-skin with baby. So that was something that I wrote in my birth plan and I I discussed with my doctor. I did end up having to do a C-section, but I did make an emphasis to my doctor that I didn't want the baby to go um, and get cleaned before I got to hold her. So I wanted her immediately in my arms. I didn't want her to be away from me to get measured and cleaned up and and um, and, and weighed, etc. Uh, I wanted her right away on my skin. So Isn't that's that called the golden hour. Sorry. Yeah. So the golden hour is actually a whole hour of no intervention. So the baby goes directly on you and you have that whole hour of skin to skin. They don't clean him, her, um, and they don't intervene at all. They don't measure them, weigh them, check their temperature, none of that. It's just you and baby for a whole hour. That sounds beautiful. I think that's one thing that all I know for sure is I want to have the golden hour with baby and I don't want to cut the umbilical cord until it stops pulsating delaying the clamping of the cord was actually in my birth plan and the reason I wanted to do that was because I read an article in the journal of pediatrics of the benefits of delaying the cord clamping by just five minutes and delaying it by five minutes only causes a flood of iron rich blood from the placenta that boosts myelin levels which are uh the myelin creates an insulating layer that forms around the nerves of the spine and the brain. So it's super beneficial to baby. And I was really attracted to this idea because for me, whatever I could do to help baby benefit from the beginning, um, that's what I I wanted to do. So we did wait five minutes uh, before her cord was clamped. I think those are the only things that I know I want in my birth plan. And it's almost like I'm subconsciously avoiding. I actually delayed um, putting together my birth plan until qu- 
quite late into the third trimester, just a few weeks uh, before um, I delivered. What was helpful, though, while I was doing it was not necessarily setting in stone what I did and did not want, but it helped me understand what what I could expect to happen. So what are the different things that could happen throughout the delivery? Are, um, is the doctor going to use a clamp? Um, is he going to use a, a vacuum? Is he going to use, you know, there's so many different things that can happen. So it's just kind of getting yourself mentally prepared. Um, and I think it's a good visual exercise because you can start visualizing yourself in the delivery room, in the hospital, breathing, contractions, pain, all of these different things. And, and part of getting ready is visualizing what's what's coming next. And it, it's a part of, I, I, Mace, I can, I can sense that you're, you know, you're starting to feel a little bit anxious now that you're coming towards, you know, the midway to the end of your third trimester. Yeah. And thinking about these things actually helps make you feel more at ease because there's a lot of unknowns. You don't know what's about to come next and reading up and, and thinking through what feels right for you will help you alleviate some of those fears. I think a big one for me doing the birth plan was when I looked at a sample birth plan that my hospital provided me, I wasn't aware of all the options that I had. So I wasn't aware of the different pain relief options that I had. I wasn't aware that the hospital encouraged like a different environment or a setting or a mood or that they had water births. Or So it really helped me understand that I do have options and that I can be more flexible than I think I'm already being. What about uh, stem cell bank? I've been reading up on the stem cell bank and I know back in Canada, they have these uh, donation banks where you can just if even if you don't tend you know if you don't plan on keeping your stem cells your baby stem cells you can donate them to a free bank for for science or for whatever you use did did you girls I have a lot of friends who actually did the uh, stem cell bank I know it's super expensive as well and to maintain is not cheap did you did you have that in your birth plan did you have do you guys actually have I didn't actually um, end up storing any stem cells with a bank. I remember actually learning about uh, different companies and different um, places that do do this in my prenatal classes. It was something I fantasized about, but when I learned more about it and about how some companies um, don't actually store them in the right way, I decided that maybe... I think it wasn't the time for for me to make this decision. I did not know enough about it, and I didn't trust the process yet. But that was me personally. That's exactly how I felt. I was really excited at the idea of um, these stem cell banks. As I did more research, I felt like I didn't quite understand enough. And you're right, Mace. It is is a hefty sum of money to put up. Um, I personally wasn't was still unsure by the time it came for me to make that decision so we opted against it for baby number one we'll see about baby number two what about the braxton hicks i'm very nervous about the braxton hicks my sister got them um and she talked to me about them they're almost like like minor contractions preparing your body for the actual deal Uh, and i sit at night now thinking when am I going to get these Braxton Hicks? And 
I need to be mentally prepared not to panic and to stay cool and to just keep in mind that these aren't actual contractions. I'm not in labor and it's just my body preparing for the actual process. Did you get a lot of Braxton Hicks, ladies? I did not. Oh, you didn't? No. So there's a chat. Not so not every woman goes through <gasps> No, not oh. every woman goes through Braxton Hicks. I I remember one evening at dinner I felt like a minor period feeling kind of pain. Um but it didn't stay. Uh, and I knew because it was so small and I just had a feeling it was Braxton Hicks, but I if I felt it it was so light and it didn't come back again for me. So I did experience Braxton Hicks. One thing that I do recall learning from my prenatal classes was to be able to identify the difference between Braxton Hicks and real contractions. So this is something that you're going to learn, Mace, in your prenatal classes. From what I recall, the diff- the major difference between the two is that Braxton Hicks are not regular. Um, so they're sporadic. They're, they're not even um, in how they're paced. Mm-hmm. Um, and they feel slightly different. So when you have real contractions, you will know. You will know. You will know. <laughs> Mace, you are getting closer and closer to the end zone. Oh, my God. Did you think about what you want to pack in your hospital bag? Uh, I didn't even start my hospital bag. All I know is that I need to, within the next two weeks, when week 32, have my hospital bag ready. <laughs> Between week 32 and 35, right, Sarah? Yeah, it's better to have it ready just in case. I know a lot of people that ended up delivering earlier than expected. And mm-hmm. so it's good to not to not have to panic about these things at last minute. If you were to give me your top five items in your hospital bag, what would they be? Okay, so there's hospital bag for mama. Don't forget your partner exists as well. <laughs> He needs to pack a bag. I'm not going to worry about my partner, Karen. (laughs) Let him sort his his shit out. (laughs) So you pack your bag and you've got to pack baby's bag too. Because baby's coming home with you. (laughs) It's not just your bag. Um, I would say a few things. Let's start with mama's bag. Um, A delivery gown. If you don't want to deliver in a hospital gown. Okay. um, Which you can keep for a souvenir later. Uh, postpartum underwear you're you're gonna want underwear that's comfortable cotton that can fit a maxi pad Uh, sometimes your hospital will provide you with those maxi pads bring some just in case or check if they will provide you really comfortable pajamas that are easy to unbutton or remove because if you choose to breastfeed you have easy access to your breast I would also recommend nothing with an elastic band uh, around the waist. Even if you are planning on doing a natural delivery, you may end up not doing a natural delivery. And so you want something that doesn't, that isn't like an elastic waist. uh, So like a nightgown, preferably. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Something that I really loved that was a little extra for me was having my own indoor fluffy slippers. I packed those. I bought some specifically for the hospital. They were pink and white and I loved them and they were so soft. And I I wore them whenever I got out of bed in the hospital. Another thing I would add to my hospital bag, and Sarah, I'm sure you're going to add some more, are comfy tops and bottoms. Um, So if you're you're not going to be in PJs all the time or if you want to go home after 
find something comfortable and that is breastfeeding friendly. Okay, amazing. Sada, hit me. Just continuing from what Karen was listing off um, as essentials for the hospital bag, I would also add maternity bras, super important. If you want to, if you are wanting to breastfeed, um, or at the very least, if you're interested in uh, giving the colostrum, it would be really helpful to have maternity bras because then you can snap, unsnap very quickly with no fuss. Another thing that I would chuck into the hospital bag are breast pads. There are hot and cold breast pads that you can buy from any pharmacy. The same breast pads, you can chuck them in the microwave and heat them up, or you can put them in the freezer and cool them down. And they're super helpful for when the milk first comes in and you've got swelling, they help alleviate pain, they help reduce the swelling. Another thing that I would put in there are nipple cream and nipple shields. Again, this is if you intend on breastfeeding. Nipple cream is super helpful if you get cracked nipples as a result of breastfeeding, especially in those early days when you and baby are still trying to get to grips with the whole process. Nipple shields are really important for especially mamas that want to breastfeed and may have inverted nipples or like me, have a lower pain threshold and want to slowly ease into the breastfeeding. So nipple shields are a really good way of protecting the nipples from getting cracked and bleeding in those early days. I continued using nipple shields for the first few weeks. Um, I used them as a crutch um, until I felt courage, uh, courageous enough to get rid of the nipple shields and, and go straight to, uh, yeah, straight to breastfeeding without them. Nipple shields sound very sexy. You're sexy. <laughs> While she's talking nipple shields. Nipple shields. <laughs> so phone charger is something super important. I think that most people tend to forget. Long ones, right? I actually heard someone say a long phone charger. One of my girlfriends said, make sure you get a long phone charger with you. Yeah, because if you're in your hospital bed and unable to get up or for whatever reason you don't want to get up, you still want to have access to your phone while charging. And so, yeah, a long, a long char charging cable would be pretty helpful. It's a nice it's a good plus, tip. Yeah. And finally, as Karen said, don't forget that daddies also will need an overnight bag. Will they be packing their own bags? I was about to say, I don't know if you want, if you're going to be responsible for baby and daddy, there's already enough on your plate. Um, I had my husband pack his own bag. Yeah, my husband packed his own bag. But let's shot it. Finally, baby comes home with you too. So you've got to pack some stuff for baby. Some of the basics, some of the essentials are the body suits. So those are like the undershirts or the flanella whatever you refer to them as. So the body suits, short sleeve or long sleeve, depending on the time of year they're born and the weather. Right. And uh, pajamas, ones that cover the feet. Um, babies love to be extra warm, especially when they're fresh out of the womb. So they need hat and mittens as well because the hat helps them regulate their body temperature. So for the first few days, they will wear hats on their head, like a nice little beanie, you don't want it too loose. You want baby to feel snug. So don't get PJs that are too big. Um, they like to feel um, um, cozy in their clothes. They don't want to feel lost in something big. And one thing I could recommend, especially for first-time moms, 
those zipper pajamas are easier to get baby in and out than the snap pajamas, especially if you've got a really messy diaper or if you're, you know, it's just really helpful to have those zippers in the first few, um, first few weeks. Some people love to pack a going home outfit for baby to take some pictures, something cute, maybe a bandana for baby girl. Um, I would say pack two because I packed one and my daughter had a very big poop accident. I didn't put on her diapers right. So she pooped out of her diaper um, onto her going home outfit. <laughs> and I only had one. Um, even though their poop is like quite sticky and it's not mushy yet, but I didn't do her diaper correctly. First time mom. So um, diapers as well is an important thing to pack, but some hospitals do provide you with this. So don't, if they do provide you with this, don't waste the space and just take some na uh, nappies from the hospital. And an optional one, if you choose or not to choose to swaddle your baby, pack some swaddles. They, they'll be helpful. You can use them as burp bibs as well if you're not packing burp bibs. Actually, Karen, when I was shopping for strollers, uh, the uh, saleswoman asked me if I had a car seat. And at that time, I wasn't even thinking of buying a car seat. But she said, but how will you leave the hospital? So apparently there are some countries, not all countries, but some countries won't let you out of the hospital unless you have your car seat. So make sure you also get that 100%, correct? Otherwise you, you won't be able to leave. absolutely right. Absolutely right. Um, car seat is one of the major things a lot of people actually forget about. So if you haven't done your research on what kind of brand you like, start it now. And it's, it's uh, I would say, definitely an essential to have. I would say not just to have, but also get it in your car. Because this for the same reasons that you need your hospital bag ready, you're also going to need that car seat already installed in your yeah. car. So, ladies, it's that time of the episode again, where you would give a single piece of advice or tip to any of the listeners that are listening to us here today. What would that single piece of advice be? My, uh, my piece of advice for third trimester mamas is, although you really want to go on a holiday, maybe avoid trips where you wouldn't want to give birth. <laughs> so, okay, let me rephrase that. Avoid trips... Uh, in the later stage of your pregnancy. How late are you talking though? Like 35, 36 weeks. Okay. So if you're planning to go somewhere, um, like a staycation is fine, but if you're planning to travel, just remember there are travel restrictions coming back. So you might leave 34 weeks pregnant, but come back 36 weeks pregnant and you're not allowed to fly. So just yeah. check... Um, Check the travel restrictions. And don't forget that you could have baby a little bit earlier. So be start settling into the place where you want to be if baby decides to come sooner rather than later. For me is, um, especially now that you're on your last trimester, it is so tempting for you to just sit and sleep and do nothing Please, please, please try to get your workout in. Try to keep moving. Stay active. That would definitely be my tip. It could also potentially help with baby descending or maybe turning around or getting lower. 
um, to prepare for birth. So make sure you get your workout on, ladies, whether it's a walk or a swim, whatever you're comfortable with, just move them beautiful bodies. I know this might seem like a strange tip, but try not to overeat. No, it's not a strange It's a very And the third trimester, I recall no matter what I ate, I constantly felt really bloated and it made me very uncomfortable and it made breathing quite difficult. So I guess continuing from the second trimester is continue to eat healthy. I know that you get these cravings. I definitely got cravings to just eat hamburgers and fries and Coke all day and night. Um, but I never felt good after that. I always felt like, yeah. oh, you know, I just can't breathe after this meal. So I guess my tip is, is you know, you're almost there. Push through. Stay healthy. Yeah. And good luck. Unfortunately, this episode comes to an end. Thank you, ladies, for listening to us. And we can't wait to see you next week. Ma-salame. Ma-salame.